you could have heard this episode 48 hours early on our Patreon, patreon.com slash IndieHeadsPodcast. But joining us for as low as $1 a month, you'll see episodes early and gain access to our Discord server. All upcoming episodes will be on our Patreon, 48 hours before it hits our public podcast feeds. But if you're hearing this via our Patreon feed, we thank you so much for your support. We especially want to thank our Real Ones patrons, including Beck Etienne, George Mikowski, James Boss, Holiday Kirk, Tyler, Marcy Anime, Chance Holdup, Delaney Mothman, Josiah Duncan, Jenna, Matt Cameron, Grant in the Back of My Dragula, Pablo Escobar's Hippos, Jackson Chris, Alec Felder, Jeremy Bowl, Alex Grishmanoff, Andrew Grieve, JP, Matthew Taylor, Breen Hare, Drew Wharton, I Like Books, Jonathan David, Sarah Moore, Max Kapazinski, Mark Barry, Darian Fisher, Cal50, Noah's Refused, Pimped Out Dave Matthews Event, Chris Wade, Midwest Maxwell, Kevin John, Jake Wald, Erase Red Baby, Keep Autism Weird, Rob Mariano, Max, Dylan, Zach, Gavin490 Freak, and Maze Farms. To become a real one, consider supporting us for $5 a month on Patreon and receive a bonus episode every month and get a shout out at the top of the pod. Anyways, though, enjoy the episode. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the Indie Heads podcast. Uh, I'm your host, Maddie at Marvian Prince on Twitter. On this episode, I'm joined by Jackie, Grant, Max, and Dylan, and we are here once again to complete. We're we're here to complete the trilogy, the middle school dance trilogy, volume three. And Jackie and Max, uh, as the as the masterminds behind the middle school dance series, uh, what is what what is the theme for the this 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 third installment so this is this is kind of the finale of the middle school dance song i'd say we have some similar topics to like this topic that are kind of tangential and not dance related but this is the last frontier it's the slow song it's time that time of the night where you gotta look around and figure out oh fuck who am i gonna who am i gonna ask to dance with me um and this is this is for that that incredibly awkward moment which we had some people in the Discord who were like, I don't remember ever doing a slow song in middle school. I I think for some places it's like only a college a high school prom thing. But for me, I think this is I think middle school is like the peak time of it because it's like the last time where like that felt like a big deal to be slow dancing with you know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. it was it, it was at yes. this, this perfect intersection that we've been trying to capture in these series between like being like at the age where you are now very interested in dating, but you have absolutely no fucking idea what's going on. And uh, a lot of these songs are the types of songs that fitting with that theme perfectly um, at the time felt like some of the most ram- romantic songs I had ever heard in my entire life. The, yeah. This playlist will tell us a lot about kind of what love means so I'm excited to not spend too much time chit-chatting and kind of getting into it because I'm excited to break break it down with my friends. Um, I, mm-hmm. I, I think this is going to be a fun episode. We're revisiting some... There's one song that we recently covered that we're covering again, and there's one song that I realized upon putting it on the playlist wasn't actually a slow song, but like spiritually what I wanted to capture, and we will get into some songs, that, some episodes that are adjacent to this soon that we've got planned that we're very excited about. Um, this is not the I'm so sad, I'm so fucked up adult contemporary episode. Like, we did not, like, there are some songs in here that are kind of trying to make you cry. And so, but most of these are, like, wedding dance songs, but 
with a specific bent on teenage crush sort of situations. Like a lot of these songs do transcend into like middle aged people, but a lot of these are like very specifically like you had to be sixteen years old at a very specific time for any of these songs to like connect with you and. I wanted to explore that particular era, and so I did leave out a lot of, like, classic slow dance songs from other eras that don't... That either some of those, like, you would hear, like, a classic 80s or 90s slow dance song at a middle school dance, I remember, but those were less common than some of the more modern stuff that they would usually go for, and I wanted to keep our scope limited. Like, if we do every single... um what's a journey forever if we do forever young and we do fucking um like like iris goo goo dolls like there are other songs that are in the lineage of this canon and i want to look at specifically the time period we've been focusing on for this series which is that kind of 2007 to 2012 sweet spot you know yes and to start us off on this episode there was only one song i could start this episode with like there, when I had the idea of like we should do a slow dance, immediately like bam, first thing I said, "Hey there, Delilah, plain white tees." Like you can't start anywhere else. Um, this is true. This 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 is this is this is a uh, it, yeah. Like I said, this this is the one. Like this it's is the foundational. one. I don't know if it's very good, but it's foundational to a lot of where yeah. music. Yeah, I. I thought that I didn't need to listen to this one because I was like, what can I gain? What can I learn about this song that I don't already know or think? And I actually was surprised listening to it, how it wasn't... I I had a better version of this song in my head. You know what I mean? Like one of those songs where you haven't actually listened to it in a while and it's so vivid Mm -hmm. and you're like, oh, that's a good song and you actually listen to it. It's like, oh, really? Like that's, that's what this guy's voice sounds like? Oh, okay. And I think a lot of that goes with like the innocence of I haven't heard a lot of people with good singing voices and I also haven't heard a lot of actually deep love songs so when you're a teenager who's literally never dated someone you can be like damn this is so fucking romantic I my main thought listening to this was just like wow so many um manipulative online boyfriends must have used this song in the MySpace era like the, 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 the line See, is, that's the thing the, is that the, I feel the, like the line, that... the line especially where he's like <laughs> your friends will laugh but they've never felt a love like us that is like gaslighting shit like not to be not to be too yeah, like, reactionary but like that is actually like oh I don't believe what your friends are saying about me our love is truer than anything else that's like manipulative behavior I mean it's also kind of I'll... true because like they're it's Men for like ninth graders, so really a lot of their friends haven't actually. It is, had but it, but it does have a like promise ring vibe to it. <laughs> that, that, that makes it a little more. It's like, yeah, we are ninth graders, but we're gonna be together forever. Like we're gonna date the rest of our lives, you know. Yeah. I think I think the worst line on revisit as far as how it's aged is, um, uh, I'll be making history like I do. Oh so bad it's so bad the way he says it hey hi it's grant like i'm on this episode uh famous beloved member of the <laughs> idiots podcast uh i'm allowed to say this but uh this is the <laughs> song i've ever heard in my life <laughs> <laughs> i was like why are you leading with such I, an I, introductory I, oh yeah 
I mean, I hate to ask Grant, but like, how so? As as a straight, I need I need I need more this clarification. Is, okay, let me clarify. This is not in the actual gay way. This is in the insulting people on Modern Warfare Two. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> no, okay, now I get it. I understand it now. Like straight people can be too, and that's exactly. exactly that's exactly what this is. You know. Um, I think oh I think there's at least one or two songs that are a little more F slur on here. I would I would agree with that. Like, oh, this, I think I think I think one of them is one that I. Oh, yeah, there's, I think I think my, my <laughs> is very uh, gay derogatory, but it is also so straight. Like he is his voice. There's a couple of voices in here, like a couple of different schools of voices we're going to encounter in this episode. Ranging from the more emo-leaning stuff to the more like adult, adult contemporary coffee shop vibe, and I would say that this guy like sits right in the middle. He's like doing a little bit of everything. I appreciate that he's not like mm-hmm. overdoing it. Like he could really be like going even harder in the whoa whoa woes. You know what I mean? And it's very boilerplate though. Yeah, like, yeah. I feel like it's just inoffensive enough to where it's just very palatable to any kind of like typical like white christian karen mom yeah um yeah but it isn't upsetting in texas yeah exactly (laughs) like the the, the low-key nature of the song and the way that it like leads in i mean like the entire song is built on the strength of hey there delilah what's it like in new york city i'm a thousand miles away but tonight you look so pretty like that is the entire song and the rest of the song is them just coasting on the goodwill that they've earned by that. And when you're in middle school, that's all you need to be like, wow, this song is exactly what it's like for me and this girl that I haven't talked to on the internet, but I've, I've seen pictures of her and I'm like, like there, there, are, there are a lot of songs on this episode. And I think this is like, honestly, kind of a hacky um, comedy and or musical podcast analysis thing to be like, you know, this song about love, it's actually pretty creepy. But, like, I do think it's it's good to note every once in a while, like, where each of these songs lands on the, like, is this enabling stalker-type behavior? Um, because, I mean, middle school is all about having insane, unreciprocated crushes that are entirely in one person's head. But, like, there is a, 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 a small leap from that to, like, incel behavior, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I'm a. Uh, every gener- In terms of the music of the song, uh, every generation gets its good riddance time of your life. So that, I, I that, think, that's I thoughts think that's on the music. Fair. I think that's pretty fair. I also think that we will get to this song again because I think this this song is specifically the template that a lot of people uh, use for trying to capture this particular era. Like, even though it, yeah. it is so boilerplate, like it is very just like very simple acoustic guitar melody and like he's not giving much vocally for some reason it feels so era specific like i don't know if it's just the band name and also the fact that it has this artwork but also just everything about it just really feels of this particular like ringtone emo era you know it really yeah it it feels a lot like the wake of jack johnson i feel like there are just a lot of reverberations of him that kind of resonate through uh, radio in the late aughts. That's exactly yeah. what's going on here. Yeah, it's like someone that has heard Ben Gibbard and also Jack Johnson. It is like, what if I stood between these two and, and connected these worlds? 
Yeah, there's just a whole lot of these songs that kind of happen around this era where it's just like kind of inoffensive lyrics. Yeah, inoffensive lyrics and just very simple guitar, like four chord coffee shop vibes. This this genre of music basically gets market corrected by Hosier core. Like, mm-hmm. like oh in, god yeah in the 2010s basically my theory is that like all of the market share for this music went in one of two ways like either you were listening to this kind of music and you got really into little uzi vert or you got into like hosier like you went one or one way or the other out of this weird soup um yeah it's like you're almost listening to it because the radio exists and there aren't other options or alternatives you know but like with the prevalence of streaming where it's like oh i can listen to like a a kind of a a selection of what i want more often then it's like why would i ever find myself listening to this song but mostly Uh, just another another test that i would do for this episode when i was thinking about stuff to include or not of like what i think defines this kind of music is um these are all bands and albums where everyone knows these songs, but like the only kinds of people who buy these albums on CD are the people who make most of their CD purchases either um, at Starbucks, like at the counter there, mm-hmm. or in the CD section of like Walmart. Oh, yeah. Um, and, and so with any of these, just like look at the artwork and like, can you picture it in that little... Um, that little display thing that they have at the counter at Starbucks, or they used to have it. I don't think they have it anymore, but there used to be always like Nora Jones and Jack Johnson or something like that, just like on deck, ready for you to impulse purchase it. Um, Do you think that, the new Boy Genius record is in stock at my local Target? I'm 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 going in right now. To check. I mean, it's like fifty bucks. But that yes. that is another place where some of this energy went to. Yes. Yeah, mm-hmm. uh, I've been judging these songs uh, on a scale of how much I can see them. Uh, the lyrics written in Sharpie on a pair of black high tops Converse. Oh, that's so good. And this is a full 10 right there. Yeah. I I have to add a quick addendum because my partner is a huge uh, Hozier fan. And I have to say that Hozier at least like is more like built up on orchestral than a lot of this shit is because it's I, all I said like Hosier core to refer to like the yeah many i would say who, yeah. many people who want to be hosier hosier is the genuine article of that thing i'm more referring yeah. to like the the army of dudes and scarves and flat brim hats that want to be hosier mm-hmm. yeah like all of this is just like very basic like three string chord shit that gets incredibly repetitive um after like two seconds but like it's inoffensive enough to where you can just ignore it 90 percent of the time like if you're just sitting in a coffee shop or you're like in an outlet mall or something and then that's just how it gets you you know like the market around this is just based around how it's like basically music essentially like 21st that, century music that, that is the thing is it's like you have to walk a really fine line and we'll get to this with the last song and we'll move on in a second but like there's a very fine line with these songs where they have to be like over the top melodramatic emotional while also being anodyne enough that they don't actually like harsh the vibe if this is just playing in a dentist's office you know what i mean and there's like one song that is like the exception to this rule on this playlist but for the most part it's like you have to be sound like you're talking about the deepest, like saddest, most like heavy emotions in the world while also being vague and bland enough, both musically and lyrically that you're not actually making people upset. 
Um, and that's like the very fine line that these songs uh, walk, I think. Yeah, this is like secular Christian rock. Oh, that that that's the other thing I was gonna bring up. So the two the two playlists that we're gonna do as episodes after. So we've got the I'm so sad, I'm so fucked up, which like spoiler alert, like bad day, Daniel Powder, like right, like Let's go. I, I tried to separate that genre of song, which is its own sort of kind of like fake saccharine, um, emotional o- over the topness, and then the other category I had was just like um christian rock adult contemporary stuff which that's a very special episode that we're going to have a guest on for um you might be able to guess but um that is uh, a different thing like these songs cannot be songs about being sad primarily like they have these have to be love songs to qualify for the slow dance ones and also they can't be about jesus specifically now they can be vague enough that Jesus people might be able to insert themselves into some of these narratives, but they, I, I was not looking for the, 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 these are secular Christian songs. Exactly. But yeah, let's get into our second yes. song, which is admittedly the one, uh, not slow song. And I admit that I like added this on, not even realizing until I listened to it, but I didn't remove it because, uh, this song spiritually feels of a piece with all of this. This is check. Yes. Juliet by we the kings which is a song i loved in middle school i loved this song so much um it's faster than yeah, i remember the song rocks yeah it's, it's great this is a song that i thought i knew then upon hearing it i'm like oh i i'm thinking of of uh of dear maria count me in like that's what i'm thinking of yeah, like i think i remember I, this I, part I, I'm, and then the rest I'm, is a blur I, I'm like very particular about what pop punk stuff reached me like i was i was so not in the like actual culture of it that i felt sort of like what what happened to trickle down to me was such a crapshoot like some stuff did some stuff didn't and this was one of those songs that either via like all of these songs are slow dance songs but also could be like naruto amv songs in their own way and this is one of those that i'm pretty sure i discovered via like an emotional video of Naruto and Sasuke or something like that, that I was, uh, I, I think now, I, now I, about. Yeah. Yeah. I think this one came to me through like, uh, one of those like sing star kind of games that like was on the PS2 and like maybe yeah. Sing now. That, that, or sounds, that sounds right. Yeah. Yeah. One of those things. Uh, but I was never like a fan of fallout boy or any of the real like pop punk uh crop of that era much like jackie i wasn't in the culture either um but the song always got to me i don't know it's fun um yeah this was in a song but yeah i enjoy it this was in lego rock band and that's how me and gavin found it and i gotta tell you when we play this one we would lose our goddamn minds this is a banger classic too oh absolutely yeah this is my favorite song i think on the playlist it may be for me too. Which part, is... of, part of how I decided to keep this was like all of these songs. I, I originally the, the idea was like slow dance songs, but the other like idea for this episode that you could describe this playlist as is like songs that you would put on a um, MySpace era playlist that you were like sending to someone at, that's like your crush. You know what I mean? Like. All of these lyrics are like, oh, wow, this is just how I'm feeling about, like, or, like, if you could imagine someone setting them as their AIM away status message. Like, that's that's the pool that we're digging from here. 
Yeah, when I hear this song, I think of people doing those like half and half pictures where each of them makes their fingers into like half a heart so they could put them together. Oh, 100%. Like this yeah. is that song that plays during that. iPhone love calculator app. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. wow. Jesus Christ. I just... <laughs> that sent me back. I, I will uh -huh. admit. Doing a little bit of mash on the bus. Maddie's been looking at his phone for like the last ten minutes. It's all good. I was I was signing up for I saw there was a free movie screening, one of those preview screenings I wanted to sign up for. So I've been seeing a lot of the a lot, a lot of ads for him, so and you, I actually found one that I'm I found I found one I actually wanted to see. What movie uh, you checked? Yes. Oh, on can it? you not Is say that? You not I did check. Uh, I I can say it. I'll just bleep it in post. Uh, I. Hang I, let, me, let me pause the music so I can cut it out. Uh, I can cut out just in case. It makes it easy for editing. All right. I, I said the movie and I cannot tell anything more. I This song is 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 fine. Uh, I, I think very similar to Jackie. Like They were very specific like pop punk songs that I did actually like back in the day because I, I, I was a bit of a late adopter slash uh, late bloomer when it came to liking pop punk. Uh, the part of my brain just couldn't do it for, for a long time until I became uh an actual adult uh but this one i hate to say it, it, it doesn't do it for me that's again fine. i just it just it just feel, it just feels it like is, a lesser version of dear maria got me in i mean it is like this is a song that if you did not hear it in middle school th there's no reason why you should listen to this over like even like <laughs> oh look at those sideburns yeah. even, even a band like all american rejects that that one guy in the front that your mouse is on looks like harris whittles um oh my god uh but um, i think that guy was like what well, that guy i think this guy is well i definitely was at this point like a really big youtuber back in like the early days of youtube that checks out. but like no you're right maddie like this is definitely a lesser like even a band like all american rejects is like a better version of this however if you happen to be of the age that has hit you before you would ever like experienced certain kinds of music slash certain kinds of real interpersonal relationships like this song had the potential to completely warp uh your perception of those things and that's why and it also works perfectly like pop punk and romeo and juliet work so well together because it is so melodramatic like it just is a very natural like pairing of something i'm sorry maddie i'm still reeling from the fact that you let us know that you're going to the premiere of broken 2 dave navarro's sequel film <laughs> i know uh, yeah it was, it was, it was crazy. I'm, I'm still processing that 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 news bomb that you dropped it's, on us. i mean it's it's crazy i mean like i said you know he hasn't been able to tour because of long covid but you know he's thankfully he, had enough energy he's, he's to kind of direct lab, a sequel uh, yeah, editing broken 2 um, exactly I, uh, I don't want to belabor the point um and I, I feel like I'm a pretty uh, open-minded guy, but porno theaters are crazy. We're not going to spend time on that. Let's just move on. Um, All right. Yes, let's move on to a, <laughs> to a song that is often talked about in the same breath as porno theaters. That's, of course, a drop. <laughs> 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 uh, totally normal. What, what, a, what, a, what a great segue, Jackie. Incredible segue. <laughs> totally normal transition. Oh, my God. Not at all forced. Um. We're talking about but most normal train. Jackie segue right We're there. About train next. Uh, I mean, trains. All right, I'm gonna stop it. So, are you like, a, like obviously for like a long time, Nickelback was like, like the butt of like all the really like low hanging fruit musical jokes, and I feel like in like the last few years, like last like six and seven years, 
that shift the culture has shifted to train i think so that band yeah i think hey soul sister is just the the straw that breaks the camel's back with that you know what i mean like Mm -hmm. yeah that song has been in the consciousness so long and the fact that like content and actual uh performance that song aside just the, the the idea of a band like this making a song called hey soul sister is so funny um but <laughs> yeah but uh i i think specifically like it is just aged so like people do love these songs but i think like a band like the fray has a lot more kind of positive associations whereas you're right like this is the one that people will just do tomahawk dunks on although i will say this song fucking rocks this, trade is a bad band the stuff in the 2010s rocks, is terrible but this song I is so say, good and this is another very hacky thing to say like i almost hate doing this because i am the queen of uh i don't know what it means but it's provocative it gets the people going what the fuck are any what the fuck are any of the words to this song like this song is i'm pretty sure actually i'm just copying a bit from uh punch up the jam uh r.i.p to that podcast but like i'm pretty sure they did this episode and i remember them just getting hung up on like every single lyric being complete fucking nonsense but that's oh yeah pat Pat Monahan, his mind is uh, again. Uh, take a shot, everybody. Todd in the shadows. He he was obsessed with just how bad coming. Pat Monahan's lyrics were in the in the in the 2010s during like when when they kind of had their their like second wind as a as a pop so, band. Like, going back to the point I made earlier about how these need to be so dramatic but also so anodyne. That's what makes Train the best at this. Is that they write this really big sweeping instrumental and they're so good at picking words that feel like they are evoking certain themes and topics but then when you actually like dig into what they're saying it like doesn't make any sense i'm pretty sure this song is about his mom dying at least that's what i've heard but it but it can be about anything you know I what mean, i mean yeah like it, it it definitely is a song about death like it it's it's about like someone who like went to the other side and came back like, but it's so vague that it sounds like it could just be it could just be about being in love with someone who's like kind of spacey like it could also be that like it's so vague maddie has the lyrics pulled up for the song right now i I think the bridge pulled up i think the best part of the lyrics is verse two which starts with a now that she's back from that soul vacation tracing her way through the constellation hey hey she checks out most sorry while well, she does Tebo. Reminds me that there's still room to grow. Hey, hey. That's my favorite lyric. I just think it's so funny. I mean, Max was getting at the the bridge which we just heard in the background, yeah. uh, which uh, which uh, it's just the hook again. Hick again. So I'll, I will pause the song. What the fuck is he? T- can you imagine no love, pride, deep fried chicken? What? Uh, can you imagine no first dance, freeze dried romance? five-hour phone conversation the best soy latte you ever had and me i it's like a stroke it, 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 it it's like it's like, like a fucking make-a-wish oh. kid who had a stroke got to write a pop song it, 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 to me i think what he's going for here is it's like uh these are a few of my favorite things type it's like imagine us together love pride deep fried chicken no fritters free ride romance like he's just trying to do like word association but it it's it's he's um, trying to like do a billy joel impression basically it also it's also giving slam poetry it's like mm-hmm. parked the car car and like repeating a word and then changing the meaning of the word like that kind of vibe you know what i mean like okay so 
Uh, I, so 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 uh, I have the Wikipedia page and also the Genius page. Wikipedia says January 29th. Uh, Genius is saying February 20th, 2001 is when the song came out, which is my birthday. Happy birthday. Uh, so I'm, I'm going to go with the one that's my birthday because I, that makes me feel more special. Um, the, the, 2000, the fact that this came out in 2001, that, that shocks me. This song feels like 2003 to me. Like when I, like, I feel like there's certain songs from our youth that like, we just go, okay, this song had to have come out this year. Cause this is the year I associate the most with 2001. That shocks me. I, I feel like this has to be like a, like a Maroon five situation where like, it, it didn't become a big hit until yeah, like no, later on. Yeah. This, this is a song. I, I think you're exactly right. It's that the song has such a long tail to it that we just naturally sort of associate it as, Oh, this is like a mid 2000 song. Cause that's when it had picked up steam to becoming like as ubiquitous as it is now. But apparently again, I'm looking at the charts again, it two thousand again, just 2001, 2002, like, but, and, but like, even, like, you know, like 2001. Like it, it was a hit. It was a hit originally. Like I'm not pretending like it wasn't, but yeah, there, exactly. There's a big, but, there's a big difference between this is a hit song, and then like by 2003, 2004, we've seen it in 17 different TV shows as like a needle drop. You know what I mean? Like it had become yeah. its disembodied form in the way that a song that is like this culture ubiquitous becomes, where it stops becoming a song that you're just kind of taking it face value, which is why it's always very funny. Like going back to my comment, like about people who are like, who would say like, yeah, my favorite band is train. Like, it's very funny to imagine a person that their relationship with music is so sort of like surface level, that like, this is as, as deep as they get. But I mean, it they, is very, yeah, it, it's very accessible in the way that like bittersweet symphony also is. I think that's the song that it reminds me the most of. It, it's pretty easy for me to imagine like people that have a favorite band of almost anything, but train is something where it's like, it's, it's hard for me to grapple with someone who is writing for whatever train is putting out. But, but, like some that likes Hazel like, sister if you're makes like sense. Act, actively like a Christian mom. Like if you were, mm-hmm. if you were like already a mom, um, I could understand like you being like, I don't really keep up with most music, but I like train, you know? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah i mean hey drops jupiter else, great what song else is there to say, you know? the, what else is there to say it's a classic uh, uh, wait my private nation the third studio album from the american pop rock band train was released as a cd plus dvd dual disc set in 2005 what the hell is going on with this I, I assume band? it was just like it was like a con- like a, like a concert video. Yeah. Like, hey, oh hey, here's yeah, here's the concert. No, Maddie, film. it was a porno. Two thousand. Oh yeah. <laughs> the, 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 the train. The train. Now we brought a full circle. Yeah. There we go. Oh my god. We, anyways, now we can move on. Yes. Oh god. All right. Our next song then. Uh, which I believe we talked about this one on the on the uh, on the butt rock number one. So I'm, I'm fairly certain. But you know what? It's been long on enough. this one. Yeah. I, I was gonna say, yeah, I I had forgotten that we had talked about this one before. And also, I think misremembered it. This is a 2008 song, but this is so much the birth of car commercials. It got big um, in 09. It, it got big in 09. And, and, and because like even though like this is obviously just them like ripping off the killers and U2, they're ripping off the killers, ripping off U2. Um, but I think this song in particular, there's something about the O-O-O's with the guitars on it that just feels like a car commercial to me. Like, I'm just seeing the, the Nissan in my head 
every time I hear this song. But I had to include this because I feel like Kings of Leon is another band that, like, in a similar sort of way to train, like, either you have to be really washed or really young to have, like, a real emotional reaction to this. Um, and I, I always thought that this, I always hated Sex on Fire, but I kind of, I kind of like this song even though it's bad. I, I know it's bad, but it is, it is ripping off, like, better U2 and Killer songs, and it, it, it's at least in, like, the pocket of bad that, like, I can get down with, you know what I mean? I, I do like the song. I, I I'm with you that like I understand why people don't like the song. I get it, but like it it just it just fucking works for me, for one. And I, it, although I will say it definitely feels like influential in all the worst ways of like how like uh, of yeah. what alternative music was going to become. I, it's very very predictive of, of it, the car like of the in oncoming car commercial. It, it's a real crucial like stepping stone between. Foo Fighters rock music of the 2000s and 2010s sort of post Foo Fighters car commercial music. Like this is a real important connecting uh, moment between those eras. Yeah, I just can't see this as like music anymore. You know, like I, I, I'm I expecting agree. a narrator to come in and sell me vitamin water. You know, like this I, is I, just I, like I have the same knee jerk cynicism, but it is so close to the couple of other bands that I liked that would still get put in these commercials, like the Killers in Phoenix. So, like, even though I'm, I'm, I'm seeing the commercial in my head, I'm like, it's a commercial that I'm not as annoyed by as, like, the other car commercials. Well, yeah, this isn't as bad as, like, Mumford and Sons and shit, but, like, yeah. I don't know, it's just the years have, have made me cynical to it. You're, you're, you're right that it's like Train, where it's really hard to, like, take it earnestly at face value anymore. Not just because of how ubiquitous it is, but because of specifically how it has become completely decontextualized via commercials in that way. Like, some of these songs have commercial afterlifes but they still have that like overwhelming emotionality to them this song is like very hollow it's like very like gesturing at those things but it is really not moving it's not like I, it just makes my brain feel like kind of happy in an empty way i am not feeling at all like moved by this song yeah it's, the owos really just, break me like the yeah, i was gonna say of that the OOs, it just gave me a horrible realization. This is Arcade Fire's wake up for truck owners. Oh my god. <laughs> a little bit. A little bit. Then this part comes in and it's like, hey, have you heard Hot Fuss by the Killers? Maybe you have. Perhaps you'll like this song. I, yeah, it really is just like this like bastard child of like, yeah, the. This, this like, is the song, I would say. Yeah, it's like the the, the the master child of obviously like the Meet Me in the Bathroom, like post-punk revival bands. Yeah. Then you have the Killers and like the oncoming sort of indie stuff of like Arcade Fire and shit. Like just putting all those in a blender and for like a period of time and like, re- again, peak peak recession era. Like this, this is recession yeah, and, rock and, and if I've ever heard also it. also connecting like that growing like sort of glitzy, shiny car commercial rock stuff with a very post butt rock post Eddie Vedder someone like me uh, I'm trying again we're, we're folks it. It, it, we're, 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 we're clearly either in or heading into another recession so I really gotta who, who who's <coughs> again where, where do we is is there is there a big like rock pop song out there that is 
that is it, that, are we going to have a use somebody is, is that going to come I, our I way mean, very soon i mean monoskin are trying to do sex on fire like oh, that's that that's true that's that's very much the lane that they're in there is is much less chase and much more what if it's uh, turnstile get on it air horn? Tur- <laughs> what do you mean how would turnstile turn like i turnstile i don't know they their last I mean, album again, sounds t- like turnstile made a really music, big i mean like but... i said i this this is no disrespect to turnstile again i uh glow on as a record that has grown on me uh since it came out but it's like I, I'm just naming like what like what rock bands are big oh, right now oh, that Maddie, could oh, pivot. Oh, you, you know who what this sounds like? This just sounds like Bartiz Strange. That that's yeah. that's who's oh there. it's oh it's gonna be Bartiz. Oh god damn it, it's gonna be Bartiz. Oh, you're right. You're so oh Jesus. Now, if he stays with four AD. Like, don't worry about that's it. true. Yes, it, it, yeah, it, but it, if it, he more American major. dollars is how if, much money you're gonna okay. If Bartiz writes a genuine hit, if he writes a song that is like so undeniable that like even if it's corny, it just like takes over like TikTok or whatever, and, and then he like signs to a major label, he could become this guy, but he would have to make a very deliberate like leap over to that universe, and I don't know if he is like. I, I think he's he's more interesting. Who knows if he's there yet? He's a more interesting <laughs> artist. I don't know if he's a good enough like pure pop craftsman to make something this uh, uh like culturally ubiquitous. But Bartiz changes. I, I, I feel like he has that in him. He already he used like... Boomer as a track already, so like I feel like he's already thrown like the kitchen sink into his first try. I don't know where it goes from here. I you can't you. get more I'm like just, TikTok to topical. Who else even? Yeah. Bartiz's strange music sounds like it should be on NHL sound, like the NHL game I mean, soundtracks, I mean, and that's not I really mean, an insult. I mean, your, 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 <laughs> answer, your answer to this, and this is not holy shit, be, it mean, was. This is not meant to be uh, <laughs> a, a, a dig at uh, rare guest of the podcast, Dylan, but the National are kind of creeping closer and closer to just just being kings of Leon. No, I mean they're there for like the 08 recession. Like I think Fake Empire was like their kind of little moment with that and but, then but like, but like that was when they were authentically themselves and they were just like right they, like that was more like not to bring them up again but that was more like arcade fire where it was like indie is having a moment and like this band that is clearly of this indie world is being played at a at a more wide scale level whereas over the years since then they have become just a band that sounds like this Music. So, so my answer for that, and the band that fits all those uh, qualifications, is Big Thief. So, I, I'm pretty sure it's going to be simulation. Oh God, what if, what if, what if uh, Big Thief had an album produced by? I'm trying to think like who's like the producer from this era that would be funniest. Like so, someone just like really fucking slick, really fucking like Max Martin or whatever. Just like a Big Thief record that's like clearly trying to be in like Starbucks commercials. It's it is it. Is it OPN? Is it Danny? No, Boy? it's not Danny. Danny's, Danny's too <laughs> cool. Like, is it Soccer Mommy? It, it, it's, it, it, it's, it's, Ma- it's fucking um whatever. It's Big Thief produced by Dr. Luke. All right, let's move uh, on. By the way, yeah, Barty's just... Strange Boomer was in the NHL 22 soundtrack. I did not know that. Uh, let's beforehand. go. That's very funny. Let's go. All right. Um, okay, before, before, before we play this next song, uh, D- Dylan... Uh, you mentioned that there there might be songs that are more f wordy than uh, "Hey There, Delilah." Is this one of the songs? Um, yes. yes. Okay, just, that's why I thought. Yes. I said I said I, 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 I was confirming that one. 
I mean, I mean, we did sort of discuss this on the uh, the metalcore uh, episode that Lily and Taylor Grimes were on for, but like there was a very specific era of American culture during like the scene boom where like to be the most attractive to young women, it was just a competition for which straight guy can like be the. F- you know like mm-hmm. with the, with the swoopy, <laughs> in, in the swoopy hair tight pants era like there was a lot of like christian dudes who were being like very well, look much at zach doing efron kind of yeah like zach efron oh, was yeah. like the, the icon of that era and he's very very like you know twinky in the, his, yeah in the like proto twink boy proto femboy era exactly. where uh exactly. and there was a very real pipeline during this era of uh how did I describe it? Oh my god! <laughs> I, 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 I had never heard this song before. Uh, somehow, um, it's definitely a little close to being too upbeat for this, but I appreciate it in the same way I appreciate my personal addition to this playlist that we'll get to later. Um, I do think it fits like this sort of like neon pop punk it's not quite to like 303 it's like more it's like 303 emotional uh, is this I, in the same like genre as cobra starship close it's like in between cobra starship uh neon pop punk and uh owl city who we'll get to later. you're like a capital oh, yeah. cities away from connecting the dots there. I hadn't heard this song either. And when I was listening to this playlist earlier in the week and Maddie had suggested this song before, I was listening to it with a two purist. This needs to be a middle school dance song. And I, my thoughts were like, are there two Americas? Or like, I don't know when I'd ever hear this at a middle school dance. But then as I opened my mind and came around to the, and when I mean come around to the song, I really do not like this song. But just the idea of this song being on the playlist, it makes a lot more sense from like the uh, teenage crush, unrequited love uh, angle than the I would hear this, yeah, this, this after is, a Flo Rida song. This, this belongs in this playlist solely because this is one of the most Invader Zim ass songs I've ever oh, heard. Oh God, in my yes. Yeah. No, <laughs> I was gonna say this fits exactly in the like hot topic or of like bands that are named like Rainbow Unicorn Massacre yeah. or whatever. Yeah, uh, I, I'm retreading back to what someone said earlier. I think Max saying that this is a song very much so of an, an unrequited crush. And I oh. definitely see that. But uh, as a wise man once said, no crushes for me. I do not like this. <laughs> no. Ugh, God damn it. I, I, I will say like, the production is not as garish as I was expecting it to be, right? Like the actual It's minimal. It's very minimal. The, the actual sense of beats to it are like pretty peppy and like a if if this was like a Porter Robinson song, I wouldn't hate it, but it's not and I don't like this guy's voice. Or the way it's produced. Like I love this era of like overproduced autotune and I think there are a lot of people that agree with me cuz it's like such a big aesthetic touch point of like music right now. But this this leans right on the side on on the side of like you were ahead of your time, but like at what cost? You know what I mean? You know, like that is yeah. fair. You know, like the i dogs or like the uh, apple yes. dogs that play yeah. music. This song yes. sounds like it was designed to be played out of one of those things. Uh, like th- th- this is not um not everyone who heard 808s and heartbreaks made good things with that knowledge. You know what I mean? 
Here's the thing. This is from 2006. This this is pre 808s. This is this is okay. pretty much again because right, this one be it'd be more po- it'd be it'd be post T Pain at this point. I guess so. Yes. Very I do like cool. this album name though. Yeah. It's oh yeah. Zombies, aliens, vampires, dinosaurs. It's, it's, which is very very uh, twee ass like it's, MySpace invaders ass shit. It, it, it is so <laughs> low skin. It hurts. It's extremely this, new ground. This, this is. Like you could play this yeah, while you could, yes. you could listen to this yeah. while like playing like stick figure fight or yeah. uh, it, it, one it, of the other it flash is, games. It is like yeah. So I think that's perfect because it does have this very like amped up on sugar feeling to it. it it's like it feels very similar to like everything is awesome from the Lego Movie soundtrack. Oh yeah. Yeah. Uh. Anyway, look, I, 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 I gotta give some thoughts. This is, this is, this is, this was my again, as as Max had mentioned, this was my contribution to the playlist. Like, I was like, I want this song on a middle school playlist. This is the only the only thing that I asked for. Like, I let I let you two go hog wild. This is the one <laughs> thing I want. I want to I want to add to the playlist. And I, I held my ground because we were we were we were making some cuts, <laughs> and I held my ground doing? and I said, absolutely, the fuck not. You're not you're not getting rid of this. Like this is the one song that I want to hear on this playlist. And I think it's, here's the thing. This is a song that again, I hear all your criticisms and I don't disagree. This is, this is kind of a bad song, but this is a bad song that I love very, very much. Again, the, the unrequited crush shit, like the, the use of auto tune. It feels like a song that feels weirdly foundational to my current music taste in, in, in a way. Uh, I I, I, can, I, I can love this song, that. and I have a lot of songs like that. Even especially that we've talked about recently, it's like I know this isn't good, but this was an important stepping stone toward me liking things that I like. Sometimes now. music is good because you heard it for the first time when you were like I, I was about to, or I was about to quote the same yeah the Miranda tweet. Sometimes an album is good because it came out when you were seventeen. Like this is this is that exactly. Uh, I, what was it Lily said like. We've transitioned from remember some guys to remember when we were kids. Yeah. <laughs> it happens to all of us. It happens to all of us. But again, I, I, I will say I, not to, there are a lot of bad lyrics, corny lyrics in this playlist. There are a lot of lyrics that you, you can read out on a page and try to make them sound as clunky as possible on purpose. But I really do think the way this song starts, I like where we are. When we drive in your car, I like where we are here. I'm just like this is this is some real um uh one fish two fish red fish blue fish ass lyricism. Those are Discord <laughs> yeah. ass lyrics, yeah. Oh God, I mean this song. I mean I I was check I was uh sort of seeing like where uh hello goodbye uh was like what like playlist what stuff he appears on uh one of the things he appears on music from Degrassi the next generation. Let's go. Uh, yeah. Oh yeah. Uh, not this song, but but uh, hello goodbye is in there. So that we we will uh, at some rocks. point get to um, like teen drama score music on the, the on the Christian adult contemporary sort of episode. Yes, uh, but let's move on. Let's move on to our to our next song. It is Paramore's "The Only Exception," which is a song that before we recorded this episode, I was like, oh, that's a good song. Upon re-listening. It is too long. It is fine, but it's not very good. Sorry, it's too long. Uh, I think this is the best song of the week. Thank Um, you. I don't blame you. I don't blame. I again, not say the song is bad, but it it is too long. And I will say exactly why. Um, 
not lyrically or vocal a little lyrically not at all vocally but purely as far as the instrumental and the way it comes in it's pretty simple but like this totally sounds like a lot of Lana Del Rey songs I like like that is this this this, this song feels very influential on a generation of slow sad like this this more than any other song this week could be on the Boy Genius album in a good way. Like this is better than some of the songs on the Boy Genius album to me. Like this I, is I, a very uh, life is strange for song. Like this is something that would play uh, during like uh, like the opening credits of like a point and click game. In, yeah, like, it's specifically like one that would be set at a summer camp. That makes sense. Yeah, yeah. It's um, really it's really nostalgic and and it is, but it's like. This is the great example of just what a lot of stuff on this playlist is trying to do and not succeeding is just being really over the top and dramatic, but in a way that feels relatable. It's like when you're a teenager, having a crush feels like it's the biggest fucking most important thing in the world. And then you get some distance and you're like, well, that was silly that I was that worked up about that thing. But like really great stuff that either is like coming of age stories or like music like this evokes that feeling where something small can feel like it's the biggest fucking deal in the world and i think this song does that very nicely mm-hmm. i liked it a lot I'm i definitely think like favorite. as it goes along i found that the just sort of strumming acoustic guitar it's like i can't help but hear the song and like think about how it would be produced very differently now like it's very clean in a way that I think like doesn't do her voice service. Like she has such a a a really like gritty, um, emotionally evocative voice that like the the very clean sanded down production doesn't do it service. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, yeah. I love this song. I love Paramore. I liked them when they were big, but then uh, during the early stages of the pandemic, I just completely rediscovered them and absolutely fell in love with them. Um, this song definitely does not beat the high school crush allegations, but that's not a bad thing in this case to me. Uh, I love 100%. it. I love Haley Williams' voice. Uh, Maddie, I'm sending something over. It's an Instagram post I made, and the I need you to explain two things. One, I'm okay. gonna need you to explain what I am wearing, and then when you're done doing that, <laughs> I need you to tell. Tell the people the date that this was posted, okay? Uh, oh no! All right. Oh, so, that's right. Uh, oh, I, you... I remember this. I remember this. Oh my All god! All right. So, so explain what I'm wearing. <laughs> okay. Oh. Okay. Hang on. I gotta pause I, the music for this. this. I gotta pause the music for this. Okay. So, so as 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 some of you know, Grant is a drag queen, uh, and and they are in a Paramore themed, uh, drag queen outfit with the Riot album cover. Uh, they've got a a dress there's, on that's got there's the one ri- word uh, that's on got my Riot body. all yeah. over it. And got, what? Got Riot all. Yeah. And uh, and so underneath the lights, it'll show you what day it was posted. Well, I, let me read the caption. Okay. Let me read the caption. We're gonna, we're gonna draw this out. Oh, it has my real drag. We're gonna read this, so you got all of it. We're gonna we're, we're gonna draw paragraphs. this out. You don't need to read yep, any gonna, of gonna, this. Okay. Well, of course, just I just yeah, it's a wonderful tribute to to Haley Williams okay. and to Paramore, and it was posed. And of course, the, the as as I as mentioned. Uh, 
uh, Grant, a.k.a. Madam McSpooky, is wearing a dress that has the words Riot all over it. And it was posted on January 6, 2021. Yep. Yeah, I posted <laughs> this, and then maybe not even an hour later, uh, the news broke that a bunch of rednecks were storming the Capitol. So I did not feel good. I Where was working on January 6th that day. I was pissed as hell. Just trying to check. I was working too hard to check my phone for updates. And I was just like, they're doing what at the Capitol? Yeah, uh, this was a, uh, yeah, I was working at Office Depot at the time. And it was a, uh, it was a, like, I think usually like kind of like right when the new year begins, it's usually pretty slow to, to start. And it was a dead day at work. And I'm just like hanging out with my coworkers. I'm on my phone and I'm like, oh, there's something going on at the Capitol. What the fuck is going on? And then progressively being like, what? Oh shit. They're like storming the Capitol. Like what the fuck is going on? Uh, and I want to say just for, for the record, January six was always funny. It was never not funny. It was, it was funny from when it was happening. It is funny now. Uh, every, every little bit of details and, the 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 way the story has developed over the years it has just become increasingly funnier over time especially with the recent uh with the two recent things with being the song with donald trump and the j6 choir like going number one on like some itunes chart and on top of that uh, of course uh donald trump being uh indicted uh, as of record uh being indicted by a manhattan grand jury they finally got him for uh, one of the dumbest things one of the dumbest things which was, was which is when he paid uh I, I believe stormy daniels when he when he paid her the hush money for the affair so but hey we'll take it uh jeff tiedrich the the resistance libs huge w for them gotta, my husband gotta give brooklyn them. dad defiant you got you gotta <laughs> this this is this is the w that they have been uh desperately waiting for and wanting for so long and i am genuinely extremely happy for them that they finally got this one so uh big big it's gonna it's gonna be uh it's gonna be some fun times coming all right it's gonna be some fun times coming but let's move on unless we had any uh more thoughts on the only exception um don't do an insurrection january 6th grant holy shit I <laughs> jesus you were the call again i'm surprised the fbi didn't investigate you being like what oh the fbi is <laughs> gonna what, confiscate what, what, my what, riot dress i made does he know i guess so <laughs> I, i'll have to uh we'll have to I, oh god I don't know. I again. I'm getting like I'm like light in the head from that. Jesus Christ, Christ! Holy shit! You're light in the okay. head. I lived it, motherfucker. <laughs> okay, uh, Jackie. What is what is our next song? Sometimes, and this is actually I thought about uh, bumping this to the I'm so sad, I'm so fucked up episode, but there is something inherently like romantic about this song. I think so. I think it does count. But sometimes, you know, you try your best. And you don't succeed. This is a song about those times. This is Fix You by Coldplay. Jackie, was this a song that you thought was by far the funniest song on the playlist? No. Oh, that's, okay. That, that's very funny. That's the song that. I... This is um, a song I thought was really funny listening to it again. I, I, I 
like this song. I think your complaint about the last song is how I feel about this song. It is too fucking long. Like at three minutes into the song, it like finally kicks into like having some drums to it. And I'm not someone that like needs. I'm me, you know. Like I can deal with a slow, wispy song. But like when I get to that point where the drums finally kick in, I check it and I'm expecting to say like seven minutes, but no, only three minutes have gone by. Like this song feels so long and slow to me. I. I, I, See that that surprises me, Jackie. That surprised me because I thought you liked ambient music. <laughs> Jesus Christ! <laughs> oh, um, I, 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 I don't hate Coldplay. I also don't like them as much as I would think that I do, considering how much I do like the Killers and some YouTube songs and like stuff like this and like Radiohead which they've never really sounded like Radiohead but they like are like if you sanded all of the sort of uh spooky edges off of Radiohead and but I just can't hear that this is like the way that Grant feels about about uh you somebody that like I I couldn't stop thinking about how this has been used in like a million tv show finales and also the fact that um Grey's Anatomy ass song. Grey's Anatomy it, it, it's ass song. Maybe the song. most Grey's Anatomy song of all time. I mean, I I, I think about the fact that uh, on a recent Blank Check episode, they talked about Danny Boyle's movie Sunshine and how originally the end of Sunshine, instead of it being the uh, the the music from Underworld, it was going to be Fix You by Coldplay was going to be the big needle drop for, like, the climactic emotional moment of the movie. And Danny Boyle was like, I made myself cry with it, but it, like, kind of felt a little cheesy to me. And I'm like, oh, yeah, Jesus Christ. Like, that was such a bullet dodge. But I also understand where he's coming from because this is, like, one of those songs that, like, if you were able to just, like, wipe my brain of, like, all the cultural associations I had with the song and also wipe my brain of, like, better music and put me in, like, a, a soundproof chamber and play this song for me, I could imagine having a very moved emotional reaction to it. But, like, as it stands, my cynicism guard is just sort of up with this song. And also, I just find that, like, it takes so long to get to this, like, build, oh, right, now we're finally going to build it up and pay it off, and it doesn't really pay off. I it's so it tepid. I find it pretty limp-dick. This to is time, the like, seventh jerk of the day, sorry. I'm really sorry. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, that's that's a callback to yeah. to a bit that we that we, we did not record. Of course, uh, we've all been obsessed with a couple of different guys and, and gals over the past uh, couple of days. But the six to seven nuts lady that that's a that's a prime character right there. That's prime again. That is a prime guy of the day uh, if I've ever seen one. Even though she's a lady. But yeah, I think I think this song is fine. Is how I end up netting out on it. Like it's not terrible. But it's definitely not. There's much better Coldplay songs. This that. this is uh, of their big hits. One of the one of the more overrated ones. Yeah. Like I feel I feel like it's like. I, I will is, say. I will let say. Let me see. I, is Clocks uh, on this album? No, it's not. That's on uh, the first one. But the one thing yeah, I will say just... about this song is that when I hear fucking Paradise, which is a song I hate, oh. I am, I I am like. Listen to Paradise after listening to this song, and all of a sudden, this song sounds amazing. Is what I will say. In middle school, it, yeah. Our music teacher's son. Th- th- this oh. last minute before it gets, like the the vocal stuff and the harmonies in this section, I actually think is very very nice. 
It but go I think, very like explosions in the sky, like third wave goes drop. Yeah, but I, I can only really appreciate that if I've been passively listening to the whole first three minutes and not actually like engaged in it. When I'm when I'm like actively listening to the song, it feels so slow that the pain, like, getting to here doesn't feel worth it. Uh, yeah, I, the like very obvious crescendo core yeah. like aspect of this is so it does feel very manipulative, but also <laughs> it's just like. I don't know, like, once it actually gets past that, like, three or four minute mark or whatever. What was that song actually... we talked about in the Pandora episode um, by uh, Sweet Disposition? Like, <laughs> but, yeah, like, Timber Trap. But that's, yeah. like, a song that, like, goes in the way that this song kind of signals like it's going to, and it kind of just half rises. Yeah, like, yeah. It, it, it's so hackneyed while also not really hitting as hard as it should. It feels like it has a crescendo because songs like this are supposed to have a crescendo. Totally. I don't know. Yeah, I, I think I think you're you're on the money there. But yeah, like I said, it, I I will say yeah. That, now that you mentioned Paradise Jackie, which by the way, that was one of the worst songs we talked about on the car commercial number ones. Like I still stand by that being like a complete dog shit song. Like this is just like a better version of Paradise, which is already kind of a bad song in and of itself. It's like okay, it's just it's a it's a better version of a bad song. Like there's no it, it, way, it's, it's there's not, not many ways the, you can make this it's good. Not the Coldplay lane that I like, but like it's like a classic example of a band that's like the reason why they keep trying to make more of these is because the first one was actually pretty good. But what they don't realize is every Paradise they do after this only makes the kind of formula of the song feel a little less authentic you know what i mean exactly all right uh I, also in clock, school, clock supremacy in middle school uh in pe our music teacher's son came in for a month and taught us how to do a hip-hop routine to paradise by Coldplay. hell and, yeah what and the, <laughs> yeah and by the end of that month i was so goddamn sick of that song Oh yeah, that that that'll ruin any. Song Can you still you. do the I, dance? No, <laughs> I, I couldn't do the dance. In, I couldn't do the dance in seventh grade. I uh, my memory of that is my association is with uh, Katy Perry's "Firework." Is is what I did a, a dance routine to in eighth grade or whatever. Yeah, Jesus. Sometimes you feel like uh, okay, that, you know. All right, but let, let, let's <laughs> let's get into. I was talking earlier about Starbucks counter core music. And this is not the, the, the funniest song of the week or the worst song of the week, but this is essential. I, I think this is the no. most essential song mm. of this week. I, I, I don't know. This this transcends this particular genre, but I think it does specifically work for middle school. And that's I'm Yours by Mr. Jason Mraz. Because I feel like this is going back to secular Christian music. This is like first dance at a religious couple's wedding music more than middle school dance <laughs> music. But also, when you're in middle school, I think there, there, there's a way for that inexperience to trend toward like vaguely Christian vibes. Um, and I think this song is really great in that respect. This song, um, it feels like a, uh, a Pacific Islander pastiche of Jack Johnson, who is Hawaiian. Um, <laughs> it, 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 it is definitely the number one song in the uh, white people hearing uh, somewhere over the rainbow one time mm -hmm. um, yeah. genre. That, that's a very good comp. The uh, Israel last name. That this is, this <laughs> is definitely for, for for a certain kind of white person. This is uh, to to call back to Gavin's great quote. 
uh, this is a race war song. Like, this <laughs> is a song you play. You throw again. You play this song. White people are going to congregate. Throw a bomb. Race war begun. Yeah, no, this, uh, is, this is like, one of those. It, it, if you play this song for a crowd with like enough fedoras in it, like a push pit will start. Like they will get so amped up. <laughs> This is an Adventure um, Time sticker on the ukulele ass beat right here. I, I, I was gonna say th- th- this song, honestly, like there are a lot of candidates for this, and we've talked about some of them, like Dirty Heads and other examples. But I think this song, more than any other, has to bear responsibility for the uh, YouTube ukulele industrial complex. Mm-hmm. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, without a doubt. When I was going, this to guy's high- from Virginia. Which is so, crazy. So is, so is uh, well, originally from Virginia, but so is Dave Matthews, huh. South Africa, Virginia via South Africa. Oh. So is this the uh, the playlist villain of the week? I feel like there's at least it one more. It is to me. Well, no, I have another one I hate more. No. I changed my mind. Yeah, I think there's a villain that is clearly looking at us at the end of this playlist. Yeah. Uh, I. I this We can have two villains. We can have two villains this episode, guys. As I, as I get to this part, because like the lyrics to this are like so um, couple whose wedding vows vows are like very uncomfortable. Like I, I hate the lyrics to this song, and I hate everything oh, he's doing like the lyrically. One, oh. And then, and then, and then oh, he's it's, it's, yes, Matt. I know what you're. I know what you're. Maddie, please don't. The thing that's like funny, I don't know, like when he starts scatting, I'm always torn because it's like I hate the lyrics to the song, so I'm kinda glad that it's not lyrics, but also the skeevity boop 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 is so funny. <laughs> It is so. I funny. mean, you gotta remember that Jason Mraz, like he initially blew up by by basically just being like kind of being a like being uh, like an adult contemporary artist, but like having a little bit of hip hop in there. He's a, little, a, a white boy that can that can that could rap, but you can throw him on like your white people adult contemporary like radio station. This guy definitely was the the building blocks for Ed Sheeran in a lot of ways. Oh, absolutely. You, you would not have Ed Sheeran without Jason Mraz setting the scene for better i've never been able to walk into an outlet mall store and not do this oh it's it's like like people scatting in a song like this isn't even that like out of step but there's something about the way that he scats on this that is like so i'm the scat man about it that i think just just kills me so much like, was Jason Mraz a fedora guy? I got oh, he, yes. he is. He's like he had to have been. He's, he's literally wearing he's, a fedora on the album oh cover. My God, he, he is. is. He is arguably the fedora guy. Like I think, I think he is the reason because he is a a handsome enough guy that I think he made a lot of guys think that they could pull off this cat. hundred percent. In the same way, really he, hate looking the at first four pictures when you look him up on Google Images all have a fedora. Yes. Yeah. In between Jason Veraz and Jason Derulo's album covers were the only time that like fedoras were popular. Really, I'm really liking this one where he's also wearing a flat brimmed hat, but it's like a more 2010 flat brimmed hat, and he's busting open his suit jacket to reveal a, a California for Bernie t-shirt. Uh, socialist Jason Veraz. I was gonna say because I do remember during like in the primaries and like some of the celebrity endorsements are coming out. I was like, you know what, Jason Veraz, you're pro Bernie. I forgive you for I'm yours. I'll, I'll, I'll forgive you for this one, uh, e- even if I shouldn't. 
I, I just found a uh, article where Jason Mraz confesses that he's uh, had experience with men while he's dated women. Do you think he and Diplo ever hooked up? <laughs> yeah, he, he's the guy that gave, he's the guy that gave Diplo head without making eye contact. A hundred percent. Oh my god. Uh, uh, Max, don't, Max, don't weigh in. Don't weigh in. Just stay out. Stay, 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 stay on the outside looking in of that. Um. Um, Maddie, I just thought you were just looking at uh, the newest Jason Mraz album, which was called "Waiting for a Rocket to Come." No, no, no. This 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 is his debut. This is the debut record. Oh, oh it says twenty twenty two. I guess it's a reissue. Yeah, 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 the expanded edition. Which, of course, this, this this again, like this is how I got introduced to Jason Mraz. I believe, I believe it's this song, which is the remedy, which is I think I a all, again in my in my in, in all time like uh all time like two thousands like. A, like adult contemporary classic in my opinion uh even if even if i should not think that because again it is again i i can't defend that like i think this is a good song but i cannot defend that position or tell you why it's good oh this is definitely more matchbox 20 with it yeah 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 I this this. The, again uh, again it's like ooh, what if rob thomas could like do some white boy raps like that was jason Mraz. like that was the the, the the market he he filled yeah definitely maddie you're talking to the number one michelle branch stan you don't need to sell adult contemporary to me this is true and and, and this is again the the v this vh1 era the vh1 era yes. we will talk about at some point on, on a future episode uh which i'm very excited about but let's continue with the middle school dance uh we this is another song that we talked about already but you know I think we talked about it on a bonus episode, so you know what yes. we can we can come back to it. I, Little I, Wayne, I how to love a, 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 a transmission about the song because I was especially passionate about it and did not want to miss the episode where it was talked about. But then it just ended up being on this this episode again. Uh, it's How to Love Little Wayne, which I've always said is like to me. I think. I have to look at the timeline to make sure I'm right on this. It feels like Lil Wayne directly responding to Hey There, Delilah, right? Like, it feels like it is... This is 08, so it makes sense. Yeah, yeah. for 2011. Like, it, it really does feel like him being like, oh, yeah, we can, we can just put some 808s on us on a little 440 acoustic song like this. And I also, as I said in the episode, like, genuinely do think that this song is very forward thinking in a way i did not give it credit for at the time like at the time i as i was just like just discovering rap music like two seconds earlier i was like wow what a sellout move by lil wayne and now i'm like wait no it is so cool that lil wayne tried to make a plain weight tea song like and i think uh uh, pro pro life uh music video aside which we discuss on that bonus episode <laughs> yeah um uh, this is a this is a good song. I am very pro how to love. Um, shouts out to Amanda Seyfried one time. Uh, someone else talk. I'm oh gonna my use, god! I'm gonna use the bathroom because I've already said enough about this song. Uh, I, I, to kind of continue on, on Jackie's point, this song does does feel like ahead of its time of like Hello, beautiful thunder girls. Sorry, go on. I mean, I mean that's that's not wrong. I mean, I was gonna say very like. Uh, ahead of the curve of like the emo rap stuff like your juice worlds and mm -hmm. you know like what little Pete probably would have been doing like because again little Pete was pretty much like was very much being primed to be like a pop guy so like it this 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 feels like pr pretty in line with that with that kind of uh with, with that material 
I'm yeah uh, of like kind of combining like alter like of like alternative music and hip hop into this like more balladry focused kind of like adult again adult contemporary hip hop like f- finding the 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 ways to combine these two these two things. Yeah, because I'm not too well versed on hip hop, but it seems like in this era specifically, there isn't a lot of whole like uh, I wouldn't call it legacy stuff, but stuff that is more appealing to like a, an older generation. Because you have your, uh, what, I mean, your Kanye's of the world. I, I don't know what else is. I'm, this is like late aughts rap is very much a blind spot for me. I mean, yeah, late aughts rap is very much when, when we're entering like again there's not like the the last vestiges of like old school hip-hop are kind of just like dying out or not really being popular like this this is like when you know again the south like southern hip-hop was very much back on the rise again yeah or at least m's with, not you know, really popping right now either yeah uh, i mean 2011 eminem was coming back but even I then mean, I, he was coming he, back in a much more been popping but this is i think yeah um when eminem, of, like when it's like become he's, clear he's, that, like eminem, where eminem was kind of setting the where Eminem was kind of setting the, basically pushing pop a different way, being like, I'm going to push pop music in the direction that I wanted to, versus like when we get to like yeah. 2010 recovery era, like yeah, that's Eminem I, 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 I was having say, to go this, to this is between, pop music uh, Eminem era between relapse and recovery. That's when he shifts and becomes kind of yes. late period Eminem to me. But yeah, this song, I, I, I do, like, I was just talking about it being forward-thinking, but I do genuinely think about, like, all of the trap songs of the late 2010s that had, like, flamenco-type guitars on them. Like, so many little Baby songs are kind of, like, uh, molded in the school. Like, I think Beautiful Thugger Girls as a whole album was inspired by this song in part. Like, I, I think there's a lot of interesting stuff that has come in the mold of How to Love. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm I'm just now noticing that Max has posted a video in our in our chat, um, of from the YouTube channel Modern Marriage Moments Coldplay Fix You parody. Max has said that we don't have to watch, but he wants we, us to we see. We don't him. have to watch. Uh, yeah, it, the first minute you get pretty much the gist of it, but okay. it's pretty good. We'll, 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 we're gonna we're gonna backtrack we'll a little on. bit. I don't have much else to say about. <laughs> Jeez. <laughs> Don't you hate your this nagging fucking wife? This is the most Christian wife. couple you'll ever see in your life, by the way. Oh my god. I, get, I really do think there's times where I feel like Max and Gavin, everyone has found every, just, just every uh, YouTube song parody. This treadmill has a crazy placement in their house. <laughs> it's just like he's getting Dutch oven by his wife right now. <laughs> this guy's insane thing to say about your wife. Yeah. I, I think it's an overplayed joke at this point to be like, are the straights okay? But um, 
Really? You see stuff like this, and it's hard not to ask that question. I mean, it's a classic, I hate my wife anthem. That's right. It's a well that never goes dry. Hey, hey, fellas, isn't there anything more heterosexual than uh, not liking your wife in any way, shape, or form and never wanting to spend time with her? That's the straightest thing there is, baby. Only hang out (laughs) with the boys. Fellas, is it gay to love your wife? Is it it gay to love your wife? I mean, that that, 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 that literally is American culture circa, like, 2002 to, like, 2014 fellas is it gay to love your wife <laughs> exactly well yeah we've also created like the subculture that like kind not intensely but subtly is just like uh, look at these wife guys who who love their wives what a bunch of fucking dopes no, but i think i think i think that's not what i think wife guy is the exact opposite i think wife guy is a um it gets used as a pejorative for the people that are like overcorrecting for I hate my wife culture. Like wife gotcha. guy culture, wife guy culture came out to me, like modern wife guy culture, like it uh, emerged in the mid 2010s as a sort of reaction to that very 2000s. I hate my wife culture is like, I'm not like other men. I love my wife. I yeah. think she's great. Like, like it, it, it's very like Brooklyn defiant dad. And, Almost you know, like cultural runoff from the bacon era was so much bombastic. Go get them energy that it, it yeah. also was like, I love bacon and I fucking love my wife, which it, is, which is a little dorky, but very admirable. Yeah. No, hundred percent. Oh God. Oh, I love my wife. I love my wife. Ah! Let's go ride a bike. With my wife, ah! my wife's real young, my wife's real small. Let's go to the beach and play with a beach ball. Praise Jesus God and my wife. Let's go to the beach and ride a bike. Ooh, I love my wife. I love my wife. Ah! Ooh, I love my wife. She is so fine. Ah! <laughs> Tag your Sorry, favorite again. wife guy in the comments of this episode, and you'll win a wife. I'm a but I'm yeah. a big Prazenstein's wife guy. I'm big into a uh, Cliff wife and the shredded cheese wife. 100%. Oh god, a Cliff wife. Uh, uh there's a big wife guy, the guy who who loves how how big his wife is or something like yeah. that. Yeah. Oh, a uh, 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 th- thick thick wife thick wife guy. You know what? what? Oh, yeah. curvy wife. Curvy wife curvy guy. Wife. That, that, curvy that, wife. That, that's yeah. That's what his name is. He oh. was uh, it was a guy that's exactly that's exactly what I was trying to get at. It's like these guys that are like, I am a hero because I love my wife, even though she's a little curvy. It's, it's like that kind of energy. It's that like, guy, that seemed like fetish. Con- I, I have seen that. It seemed like fetish content. Um, but, but shout out to Ivan. Um, I mean, I mean, shout out to <laughs> Ivan, who always tweets about Johnny Edge. Um, oh that, guy, that, that, that guy loves his wife. Um, Ooh, and he loves his wife. Yeah, um, probably won't be posting any tweets from Edgesaurus, but um, maybe you can maybe you can find them on Twitter and you'll, and, uh, you'll no, see how much. Hey, hey, remember the rule. Remember the rule, Max. At a distance, we have to respectfully. We cannot. You cannot deserve the animal enclosure. If you if you're gonna go, this is a rule, a general rule of thumb. If you're gonna go investigate a guy, if we have introduced you to a guy. You've got to investigate at a safe distance. You can't let the oh. guy. Know. You can't let the guy know. You know. Totally. You got, yeah. You no, this is a. Please don't tap the glass on Johnny Edge. He, he exactly. loves his wife, and he loves tweeting about how much he loves his wife. And we let him do that, and we don't intervene with that. Um, and that's the case for many of the guys we find, because 
you can't let someone know that you're onto their scent because they yeah. may change their behavioral patterns. Um, and you know, you just got to, I don't want people feeling like there's a collective of, of they're getting, they're getting gang stalked. Yeah, just but, watch but, them like at a are. distance until you, they you die. Are. Like we, we're, we're currently uh, gang stalking a boy band, but we can't That's get true. into that. We right are, yeah. <laughs> we'll get into that when the song drops. Oh soon, God. Soon, soon on the way, but can I get a, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. 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 Anyways, let's move on. Let's move on to it to our next song. Uh, okay. This one, uh, you gotta. I I, of course, I will when, tell when you. We think this. of Al City. Okay. Al, there there are two. There are two Al City songs. It is this Fireflies is this, and Good this, Time. Yeah. Oh, this is no. This is the second Al City uh, song. I'm with Maddie about? on this one. I'm with Maddie as well. I Thank I you. I have never. I had never heard the other Al City song. The car. I mean, I knew that there was the Carly Rae Jepsen song. This is the other song of this era. Like that's that's like Al City's kind of post Fireflies career. This is the B side of Fireflies and is the one that makes more sense. I had never heard this like at a dance, I'll admit, but this is so steeped in this era and is s- slower than Fireflies. Like, Fireflies can't really be a slow dance song, but this to me is so that. Um, it's really also, we have Pose and Service at Home, which is like the hack thing to say about Owl City. It's kind of true, but I don't know. I've always thought this song was very funny, but also kind of liking it. I don't know. I don't get how it's the B-side of Fireflies when it's just the exact same song. It's not. It's Fireflies is, I mean, they're both it's doing so, a same thing. It's but... so close to being the exact same. Look, as the expert in the same fucking song again, this is kind of the same fucking song again. I am a fan of Twee stuff, too, uh, almost to a fault at points, but this is this is far... Owl City consistently overtreads that line and makes me go, God damn. I get it. There's something about, like, I should have an allergic reaction to this song. There is one song in the place we haven't gotten to that, like, when I hear it, like, my shoulders tense up and, like, it's like it hurts my teeth levels of tweet. (laughs) And I don't think, for whatever reason, I have just, like, a complete desensitization to Owl City that I don't get. Maybe it's because I did listen to Owl City at the time. Like, I wasn't, like, a, a fan of Owl City in that, I knew two Al City songs, but like that was most knowing two made me a bigger fan than most people. You know, like I, I think for most people he was just the Fireflies guy. But I do think I do remember the song from the time, and of all, I also just think like going back to the theme of uh, I don't know what it means, but it's provocative. I think Vanilla Twilight is like one of the funniest uh, nonsense phrases I've ever heard in a pop song. No, so it's come. I, I, <laughs> I, I, I thought about making a cum transition into this song, but thank you for connecting those dots for me. So I know way too many people who really loved Owl City when they were in like middle school and early high school. Um, I don't have a lot of great experiences with those people, but the one in particular that I associate Owl City with, there was a girl in middle school who had a crush on me. She was like huge now. Oh, sick brag! Had... No, actually, not really, because she actually turned out later to be a, a, a QAnon true believer, and now does oh, like wow. manga. Oh no! Yeah. Let's go. Um, like mega Christian, like super weirdo. Uh, just like had like an Owl City dedicated like Tumblr page. Well, Owl City is like a. 
super Christian guy, isn't he? Probably. I think he is. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I listen. I hear this song right now. I just heard the way he said, "Darling, I wish you were here." Like, I should, mm-hmm. I should just, I, I should just want to give this guy action. I should want to give this guy a swirly, <laughs> for whatever reason. It's probably just Grant's long-running theory that if I heard a song with bleeps and bloops on it before I turned 16 years old, I just love that song, and there's nothing we can do about it. And that's kind of the case with this. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, this um, is like Porter Robinson for four-year-olds. <laughs> I, mean, I was, I was, I was, I was going to say, I was going to say, uh, Tom DeLonge by way of, uh, by way of postal service. Yeah, I, I think, I think this is all very fair. It, it, it is very Tom DeLonge. I miss you, and I'm so sorry. Like that is very much the thing El City guy is doing forever. But you know. Like there, like like ringtone by a hundred gex is clearly riffing on the Owl City vibe. Like there is stuff that, that that this has, even though I think it's kind of a punchline now. It also has kind of, uh, in, in, ingratiated itself into culture because there were people like myself who were just at a young impressionable age where there is like a generation of people like ten years older than us that like heard Owl City and they were like oh my god, this is so ripping off the Postal Service. Oh, this is so tacky. And then me, I was like, cool! Another band that sounds like the Postal Service. Sick. Hell yeah. Because I was like 13, you know? Like, yeah, I wasn't very discerning at the time. Didn't become the, the, the harsh critic you are today. The doing, doing, doing fuck takedowns on all the hot new indie bands. Like, yeah, now, now, yeah, we, now, we, 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 we 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 call we call her we call her Jackie negativity because she's always given negative reviews mm-hmm. these true. days. It's true. I, I I am a hater at my core. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not that much of a hater. I yeah. just like <laughs> Jack, Jackie's actually bro, in in a, in a way one of one of the least like hateful people that I know in terms of, of, I, I th- of music. I, they. I think there's a big difference, which is that I I very few things make me actually hateful anymore. But I, I love to be a bitch. Like, I love to be a bitch in a very low-level <laughs> way. You know what I mean? Like, I don't ever really want to get, like, vitriolic. But I love to be catty. No, I get what you mean. I feel like I've gotten... I, it's taken me a while, but I've successfully become less of a hater in my life. But it's not that, like, the frequency of my hating goes down. It is just, like, the willingness I have to engage with that hater energy and, like, the general levels at which I hate, it's more just like a mild, like, hey, look at this guy, rather than like, a, oh my God. I, 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 I think the big so difference between mad. Uh, appreciating the art of hating and like being a hater is in, in, a, in a negative way is that when you're like going out of your way, looking for stuff to just uh shovel onto your pile of things to be mad at exactly and 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 i I think there's like there's like a balance with that i I don't want to go all the way like let people enjoy things but i do think there is a certain kind of person that like and twitter just sort of uh encourages this behavior because we're all like mentally ill but like you can just seek out stuff to get mad at all day long and just have that be like the thing that fuels your fire all day long and that's different than like when something is bad, having a having a catty little joke about it. Yeah, exactly. And it's also like you have to have some balance of posting about things you like as well. Otherwise, you're exactly. just like a hater. And like someone might look at my profile and see me post about Flowrider for the fifth time in a month. And they're like, oh, this guy is clearly like doing a bit. But like, I, I'm not, trying not to 
get on, on flow right on this, but it's like <laughs> it, it's what I like at this point. I, I, so I, just I, get I, used I, to I, it. I love how Flowrider Flo is like your like Radiohead or whatever, where it's like I could go on all day about this. I'll try not to bore the audience. Like you're like me talking about like Porter Robinson or whatever, but about Flowrider. <laughs> I was fully expecting the COVID hit, like, when the first middle school dance episode came out to be like, oh, like, in two weeks, I'm not going to think about Florida or Pitbull anymore. But eight months later, it's almost a year later at this point. It's eight months. Uh, it's not a year yet. Um, but my, 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 my faith and fandom has only grown stronger. Have you considered that you have long COVID? Have you considered that you have long COVID and that the side effects for you are not that you've lost your sense of smell, but that you're just a Flo Rida fan now, and that's what COVID did to your mm-hmm. All I can I listen mean, to is I mean, Flo it would, Rida well, and well, Flo Jackie, Jackie, that, that, would, that would fall under the symptom of, of uh, loss of taste, or loss of sense no, of taste. No, 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 no. Oh, okay, okay. I had to say it. I had to say it. I had to say it. No disrespect to Mr. Flo Rida. The guy with the tattoo is disrespecting Come on. We've got two. I didn't deserve that. Massive songs left to get to, and we could talk about these tangents all day but we have to get to this next song which is the song i was talking about earlier i think this is one of the funniest songs we have ever talked about on this podcast jackie grant mind meld right there this is this is you're beautiful by james blunt which is very much in the same school as i'm yours but i just oh i find this song so fucking i i think he's in the same way that the Kings of Leon guy is kind of giving us a little bit of everything, James Blunt is dipping into all of the bags in this song. Like, he's trying to... The hook sounds like he's hitting the e-brake on a bike he's riding. Also, going back to the <laughs> the, 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 the four chords thing earlier, like, uh, the Axis of Awesome video, the, the four <laughs> chords thing, this song, more than any other song on this playlist, because it's the very first song that they sing in that video... Every time I hear this line, I expect it to transition into the next song. Like I, I keep expecting him to break into the next song in the sequence of that Axis of Awesome video. So um, I genuinely can't tell. Is he using is he using auto-tune during this section or does no, he just sound he's not. Like that? He just sounds like that. <laughs> he's he's just he's just putting so much mustard on every single every single word he's singing in the song like it's it's very much of the scott Stapp school of vocalization it's like um every single note that you sing is a chance to do a guitar solo vocally like every single note is a chance for you to do a run that doesn't need to be there or like to uh do a ah, ha, ha, ha. but he doesn't have like the gravelly um, he, doesn't he has have zero swag. He doesn't have butt rock voice, so he's doing like this weird mix of like of like classic rock falsetto. I love the fucking high. Oh, that that was the part when I, <laughs> when, I when I got when I got to that line, I I lost my fucking mind. I just think the lyrics and the delivery and the everything of this song is just so. And going back to my stalker point earlier, like I. I I appreciate at least that he, the chorus, he's like, but, but I'm never, I'm not gonna uh, steal this girl away that hasn't ever talked to me or doesn't know who I am. But I think this is just, it's just so funny. I don't know. Something about it is so completely ridiculous to me. If you tell a drunk white boy to sing like a Dolores from the Cranberries, he's going to sound like James Bond, I think. <laughs> <laughs> like That's really funny. 
<laughs> like this song is so funny to me and uh i don't know do y'all know the weird owl story behind this song no okay uh, yeah. so for the uh, same album that wide and nerdy was on uh weird owl had a parody of this called you're pitiful and he asked oh. uh james blunt if he could put it on the album and james blunt was like yeah go ahead but uh, his uh, record label, Atlantic Records, told Weird Al, you better not put that on the album. It, it can't go out there. So he released it for free on his website. And it's uh, the reason why in the uh, White and Nerdy video, uh, Weird Al is vandalizing the Atlantic Records Wikipedia page to write you suck. It's because oh, of the song. Let <laughs> um, me put on the Weird Al version real quick. What were you going to say, Jackie? Uh, I was just going to say, going back to the, the fucking highlight, it's so funny because, like, obviously this is, like, the ultimate, like, damn, I saw someone one time and I built an entire elaborate narrative in my head of what this interaction was that it wasn't actually, but I, I love the, oh. like, uh, so you can see in my face, I was fucking high. Uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say this joke, and I think it's only going to, like, pop, uh, at least in this call, it's only going to pop Dylan and maybe a a small subset of our of our of our listeners uh it's it's a moon safari ass song it's like a song written by moon safari who, who uh in in the oh, indie oh, heads no. in the indie heads subreddit lore was oh, a guy no. that would post uh all the time in the early days of indie heads on the journal discussion threads about seeing girls on trains and just posting about them all the time. Oh, Dude, Jesus that's so very weird fucking way. awesome. I'm glad that you, <laughs> you contextualized Those kinds of guys, they're never going to die. And it, there's going to be music, new music for them all the time that they have to listen to and like posture and think about the women in coffee shops and train stations and street corners that they just, they just don't have the courage to talk to. Yeah. And some part of me wishes that they'd have the confidence to just to just do it, but also some part of me likes knowing that they're out there yes, watching. I, yes, I, I, I exactly. agree with you. And also, most of the people that they're thinking about doing that, they should not. They should not bother because that person doesn't know who they are and is not feeling this like w this one way gravitational pull that these songs are like built on always. And I don't think like you're right that these guys have and will always exist. It's not like this song invented that kind of guy. But I do think there's like a, some of these songs that like have enabled guys like this for years and years and years to be like, oh yeah, this is valid that I feel this way. And I think like She Will Be Loved is another song in this genre. Um, but I just I just mm. love that like she could see in my face I was fucking high and I don't think I'll see her again. But we shared a moment that will last till the end. And then I'm imagining her being like, Wow, that guy was really looked really really fucking high. Wow, that was weird. Anyways, I'm never gonna think about him ever again for the rest of my life. And then the guy is like, that that was the most beautiful uh, chance interaction, this glancing attempt at, at connection or whatever. Like just <laughs> I think I just had a meet cube. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Is this song like the uh, genesis for passenger let it go type beats? Yes. Yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. I, will, I yes. won't say a new. I mean, like I said, again, James Blunt in this song, these are not new type of white boys. Like, this is like fucking. This is just the. At least, again, at the time was the modern update of like your Barry Manilow's and shit. You know, like it, it, it was just the, the, the evolution of, of those kinds of guys. You're, 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 you're. Your soulful white boys, you so, know. Um, I'm I'm pulling this up. It's an old thing in like 2011. 
uh, Rolling Stone uh, did a list of the most annoying songs of all time, which is, this is like a very 2011 internet culture thing, especially like the songs that are chosen. Can anyone just, just guess, You're Beautiful is on the list, it's number seven. Can anyone else guess, this is 2011. Think, think like older than 2010. Uh, I, 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 I don't know is... if it's on this exact list, but uh, we built this city. No. Okay. Th- think like like 90s runoff 2000s is a lot of where these picks uh, are. are coming I'm going to go ahead and say Barbie Girl Aqua. That I would have guessed would be on here. It is not. There are oh, songs okay. of similar eras. Is this this is a Rolling Stone list of the top 10 oh. most annoying songs of all time. Oh. I'm going to say that there's a Nickelback on there, but I don't know. I, I, I have is, no idea which one. There is. Can you okay. take a stab at what Nickelback song 90s. it is? Okay. I really only know Photograph, so that's the one I'm going to guess. It is it's Photograph. It is correct. Photograph. So It's for, not even a bad song. I, I agree. It's not even the most annoying Nickelback song. Is Limp Biscuit on there? Limp Biscuit is not on here. All right. Think more basic, like more like novelty. Novelty. Um, is like is the Macarena on there? Yes, it's number two. <laughs> All right, this is like this is Family Feud. I love it. Um, think adjacent to the Macarena. Uh, Kokomo. No, is the Chachana Slide on there as well? There are two different songs on here that I would say are adjacent to the Macarena, but they're not instructional dance songs. There are no instructional dance songs left on the board. Uh, Venga Boys? No Venga Boys. All right. Hero uh, Enrique Iglesias? No Hero Enrique. I, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't think that'd be on there, but... Um, There's uh, got to be some misogyny the Monster going on. Mash on there? Uh, uh, you're, Dylan, you were correct. There is a little bit of misogyny. <laughs> <laughs> the Monster Mash is not on here. That's right. All right. Yeah, most uh, awesome songs. Of all uh, the, I, is it I, a Britney I, song? I will start to give him hints that we don't keep this one on. There are no Britney songs on here. Okay. Um, I will give a hint for uh, um, one of these songs is about uh, different kinds of or perhaps names of of, of women oh, oh, Lupe, oh number five. I, I, Mambo number five. I was thinking of the mambo number five and there's, and there's, there's one more that's oh that's probably the nathan for you list that he used then, for the attack oh that's right and there's 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 one more mambo number five macarena adjacent novelty hit can anyone oh, guess oh that is, one is? is it because i got high by afro man no it is not but say, is it a cold war- 45 war- by war- warmer man not afro man but warmer um fuck two thousand so 2000s rap song that's like really annoying is it laffy taffy no Oh, right. 2000s rap song. Not rap. I didn't say rapness, but oh, okay. but kind of, yeah. I, I I guess you would. I guess you would categorize it. Is is All Star on there? No, but you're in the you're so you're so close spiritually. Uh-huh. Like think that era. Oh, like, fucking one age? week. One, oh no. no, one week. Bare naked ladies. Uh, I, I, there's a, there's a hint I've been holding off on that I just can't. It will spoil it. I don't want to. I'm having too much fun with this. Keep going. Uh, two that. princes, spin doctors. No. Okay. I think it's like, like novelty, like would be a dance floor song, but isn't an instructional dance song. 
Um, definitely was in like a lot of like movie trailers and stuff in the nineties. The hamster dance. Schneider is. Um, no, but you grant the hamster dance is the closest you've been yet. I okay, say. all right. Crazy Frog. Oh, Close. what? Crazy Frog's not on there. It, it, it's not by an animal. It's not by an animal, but it is oh. a group a group of of men. Oh, and oh, they're, and, and they're singing about she will be loved. And Jesus Christ, no! And they're singing <laughs> about animals. A group of men. Uh, can I, can I can I out by Baja men. Oh, oh my yeah, god! Uh, oh, yeah, that yeah. So that, 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 that's the top three. It was the, oh actually no, the top two uh, is uh, two and three are Los Del Rio, Macarena, and Who Let the Dogs Out, Baja men. There are one, two, uh, three, four, five still left on the board. I, I will cut this game off at a certain point so we don't just keep this going forever. The, the most we haven't figured out the most annoying song of the all. The number one is honestly shocking to me. I would not have guessed that this would be the number one, and I think, is okay, don't I, stop believing but, on there. But, but it's not on there. I also yeah, think that this is this stone. is just a, a snapshot of 2011 too, because I think the uh, cultural consensus on this particular number one song is different for our generation. Is it the number? The number one song you won't guess it. It's it's black uh, black eyed peas. My humps. Oh, okay. One. Yeah, never. Yeah, yeah I was gonna guess million. baby which, Justin which, Bieber, like, which like makes sense as far as like I, I I can imagine my humps being the black eyed peas songs that like old people were annoyed by because that was probably the moment that like that like black eyed peas became like uh too ubiquitous. But I think my humps uh, is just a great song. I love it. This is good. Yeah, I right, remember I, that. I, I, good. I will give some more hints. There, there, there is, are way there are way worse Black Eyed Peas songs in my. There arms. is one one song on here that is from a teen pop group. Uh, there is one song on here that is a ringtone era sort of rap song, a snap type rap song. There is there is one, and then there are two of these that are like big epic anthem type. Uh, song. It'd be very funny if Bohemian Rhapsody was on this playlist, but I doubt it. It is not. Uh, I'm like I'm Little gonna... John Get Low. Uh, get Low is not on this song. Think more repetitive than Okay, get low. I'm trying to like think, get think, into think the boomer stu- mind. Oh, so. crank that? Think, think stu- no, not, not crank not, that, right? Crank that I figured low. it wasn't cranked uh, think, Miss New Booty? Uh, stupider and hornier even than Miss New Booty. Wow. Candy Shop? No. No. Fuck. God damn it. I hate, this, I, hate, I hate this game. I hate this is fucking game. Is it the Whisper uh, song? Um, We're really closer. bad at this. Whisper song is closer, but no. Okay. Okay, like insanely horny 2000s rap song that it's not Little John or Ying Yang Twins or Bubba Sparks. <sighs> Fuck. You're you're just forgetting you're forgetting a guy you're forgetting. A I know I'm forgetting guy. a guy, Jackie. That's that's the whole point of this Jackie's fucking game is that we can't remember our like, goddamn guy. Is it uh, is it that my dick song? No. What? Uh, uh do, do does anyone give up or do we want to keep or do we want to guess it? I, I fucking give up. I have a guess for the uh, arena rock songs. Is one of them is, the final the, countdown? The, neither of them are arena rock. Both oh, okay. of them are lady ballad, uh, epic sweeping. Both of these women are like the staple figures of this kind of. Oh, song. my heart will go on. My heart will go my on. Sleep beyond. My, my heart will go on is the number four song. Really? The, the, mm. the top five. The top five is my humps, Macarena, who let the dogs out. My heart will go on. Photograph. Number six is Mambo. Number five. 
Number seven is okay. You're Beautiful. And now we're guessing eight through ten are the only oh, ones we have not guessed. There's no way. Uh, I, I will say, what's the clue the, for number eight? What's the clue for number eight again? The, 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 the clue for number eight is pop group. Um, I, I will say this okay. is the one that uh, was being asked earlier. I will say it's, this is a little bit misogyny, but this is also kind of an annoying song. So like, I, I get it, but it's not Aqua Barbie Girl, but it's like kind it's of like dancing queen. It's not Dancing Queen. There's no way. So is know? it like a '90s act? Yes. Okay. Wait, is it is it uh no not, not it's something it's, by the Spice Girls? Yes. Oh, wannabe. Yes. Yeah, I can see. <sighs> I don't know any Spice Girls songs. Yeah. Yeah. I'll tell you what I want, what I really, really want. Oh, sorry. Yes, I do know. I do know a Spice Girls song. So, there, so is is there is is there a boy band still in the mix or a boy that group still in so the mix? So our last two songs are the horny ringtone snap rap song. And the other, not Celine Dion, but a ballad that some people think is bad, and those people are dumb idiot morons. Madonna, like a prayer. Is this a? No. Is this like a, a song that's big with the gays? Yes. Okay. What decade is it from? Let me. It's on the cusp. I I want to say late. Is it Whitney? Er, early nineties is what I'm. Oh, I will say. always love you. We already did that one, Maddie. Oh, sorry. Well, I, I, <laughs> I again, we, there's a lot of guesses, okay? Oh, a lot I of guesses. I, I have a guess. Hold on. I have a question. Yeah. Yeah. Is it a slow ballad or is it like. Or is it's, it pretty like... Up t- it's pretty up tempo. Okay, I think I have a guess. Go ahead. Is it uh, uh, Share Believe? It is Share Believe. All right. Do you believe, <laughs> do you believe in life what? after. Uh... No, Betty, you don't understand. So many people hate that song. Like, I remember on an Hi. episode of. On an episode of All Fantasy Everything, Sean Jordan was saying he hates that song. Like, he, he wow, put it damn! They made an episode. Really, I mean, I knew yeah. it was controversial a little they bit. They made an yeah. episode of fucking I, I Buffy the Vampire Slayer much, where much, Buffy much knew like, her uh, uh, Nate, her uh, roommate was a demon because she kept listening to that song. So yeah, it w- it was hated by the heteros. It, it yeah, exactly. It's like I forget sometimes that there are straight people. Is essentially how how that. Uh, but yes, no, we are we have one more song and. It's the one that we were sort of struggling with, so I will just say it. That th- 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 thong. Oh, thong song, Cisco. Oh my god, Cisco. What? Yes. That, again? So that, I mean, that, I mean, that, that that was a fun game. Did we yeah. have fun with that? What was we, this episode yeah. about again? <laughs> <laughs> again, well, this, um, this 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 is our like fun about this song. I mean, I mean, James Blunt, you're beautiful. Oh no, no, let's go back to let's go back to playing the game. Yes, no, I, I we didn't want to get to it, but I, I think James Blunt oh, is just... I'm on the Wendy's app right now. Sorry. Oh, I, 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 no, brother, I, feel like, I feel like James Blunt doesn't get the hate that some of these other guys do that were like... Well, because he wasn't better. around. He only had the one hit, yeah, and that was it. Exactly. Like, but like, I think that he is so much worse than the Jack Johnsons and John Mayers of the world. Like, he Absolutely. Is, he's he didn't have the songs. And that's why he was a one-hit wonder, because he just didn't yeah, have like, the songs. Even this song, I don't think, is very good. No, it's terrible. No, it's uh, I, I will say I I, res- I resent James Blunt for a variety of reasons. One, this song is not very good, but also, uh, at least in, in in 2016, two of my favorite artists were Dean Blunt and James Blake. I was gonna make that. Oh, I was yeah. in a lot of fucking pain because oh, anytime we're talking about, I I'd be like, ooh, what, oh, I thought this was I thought this was the You're Beautiful guy, either to James Blake uh, or to that, Dean that, Blunt. That 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 was a tough situation for you. I was just gonna say to tie things actually into what we were just talking about 
Um, the one thing I did think was interesting when I looked up um, James Blunt was, does anyone know who discovered and signed James Blunt? Uh, it's someone, oh, that, someone that has a, a very famous song that totally could have been on that most annoying songs of all time list. Fuck. One hit, one I, type artist. I, 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 Oh, like I know this because I read the number uh, ones, the number no, ones I... column on this song. No, no. it's it's British. It's a it's a British artist. Fuck, I how do I, rem- I can't I can't remember this because I know I fucking I know I read the number ones I, column. I, I'm just so gonna I, say it because you're gonna just be like I, you're gonna be like oh, of course yeah it's uh, Linda Perry of four non, four non blondes. Oh, oh yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah. For- yeah, we oh, talked yeah, about her yeah, in the 90s his, series. His, his bio says, uh, a performance at the South by Southwest Festival in Austin brought Blunt to the attention of Four Non Blondes singer-producer Linda Perry, who signed Blunt to her Custard record label. So, bringing this full circle to um, songs that are annoying and come. Um, just just tying all the, the tangents together. Custard records. Mm-hmm. God. Uh, Alright, well let's move on to our final song of the evening. Okay, first of all, I don't like this song or this guy. I'm not a Death Cab fan. <laughs> I don't like this guy. <laughs> however, however, <laughs> we can't do this episode without doing this song. We just can't. It's a necessary it, evil, yeah. Yeah. And 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 it, and it and it ties back so many of the points I've been making. And I and like how I said earlier, the exception to the rule. This is the exception to the, like, the lyrics can't be actually dark rule. Because there is this crazy, like, dissociative thing that the song is doing where it's, like, so dark and heavy, but it's, like, so upbeat and twee. Like, the the whole thing I kept thinking about while listening to this for this episode, A, besides, like, oh my god, I am having a fight-or-flight reaction to this song, um... I couldn't stop thinking about uh, what it would be like if Phil Elvrum had recorded A Crow Looked at Me entirely, like, in this style. Like, if if, 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 oh. you, if, if, oh. if you just had all the same lyrics, but you'd made it, like, twee like this, and how, like, awful mm-hmm. that would be. Um, and that's, that's how I feel about this song, is that it's always felt, like, incredibly uh, cloying to me, even though it is, like, a beautiful-ish sentiment on its own. Like, I remember finding the song kind of deep in middle school you know but i i think now there's something about the way it starts specifically like once it once i get like a minute or two into it my defenses set down a little bit and i'm like less put off by it but there's something about the way that the song starts that is like my shoulders tense up like i get so fucking scared it is so it is a lot it is a bracing song i do think this song has been hurt by the pre like the last like the 20 years that followed death cab for cutie's career and like the way that music has generally like the sound of music has um, I also think that I, I sometimes will give Death Cab a harder time than I should. Because I don't, like, hate that much of their music, but I think that, like, this song became, like, shorthand for them in general. When I think most of their songs don't quite fall into this, like... This song uh, feels like when you eat ice cream and you, like, accidentally stick your front teeth into the ice cream and you're like, ah, it's cold. Like, that's, that's like, how I feel listening to this song. Like, it gives me the heebie-jeebies. So, I have a theory that if this song was intact on the Twilight movies, 
it would not be nearly as like obviously was it like soundtracks because i don't remember I'm being like in 99 percent sure that it i'm was. pretty sure it wasn't because we were pulling up those lists when we were doing that episode i could have um, sw- it's it was on some kind of soundtrack for like one of the young adults let, let me like, look it up i'm gonna see what i can find for media uses this feels like a very maze runner kind of song Maybe it was Fault right, in I'm, Our I'm Stars. Cur- it was like one of I'll, those. Oh. I'm going to let the Spotify algorithm, I'm going to see what I, Spotify algorithm comes up with after this. Oh, yeah, I forgot. I forgot. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I forgot oh. that, that sweetness. That sweetness uh, by Jimmy Eat World was the yeah, song that came up I, uh, in the algorithm stayed somehow. silence during that because uh, I, I cannot speak about Ben Gibbard without getting into threats of violence. Uh, his voice irritates <laughs> me. Uh this is the most I made you a cookie, but I eated it as shit. And tell you what, not a fan. Uh, yeah, uh, I've um, I'm so exhausted. <laughs> I think Max was onto something though. Where like all of the Death Cab stuff, like before this album specifically, like is still kind of well regarded. I mean, at least like transatlanticism is, and uh, like we have the info we're voting yes whatever that album is um and then everything after plans is just like the most trepid like bedroom ass shit imaginable i will say th- their last album i didn't like it but it was one of those like hey i'm i'm surprised at how little it's annoying me sort of situations you know mm-hmm. faint yeah. it, it, the asphalt meadows won the faint praise award for any album of last year like it's definitely like good but it's also like it, it's clearing such a low bar i think i feel like every like three or four years there's at least one person in the pod discord that is like hey actually the new death cab album was good and we all just laugh at them. <laughs> you, you can just say aj moser this last one was was the only one i feel like i've heard people other than like aj moser say hey this new death cab album is actually pretty good you know, you know what like, we're in here we're laughing at death cap but uh in 2016 they released a little song called million dollar loan to stick it to the trumpster and just this week he got arrested so who's laughing now <laughs> God is that? Uh, this song, I, I will uh, say going back uh, to your question about media usage i i immediately stumbled into a, a gold mine here because they're saying i'm gonna need to pull up in one second but um oh, so uh, a couple of great usages yeah, first real it was in a, a 2007 film in this uh but a, that i've never heard of called the invisible but in 2008 it shows up in a 90210 episode in 2000 uh it, in 2009 it was featured in an episode of scrubs and then also an episode of gray's anatomy of course that, so like that's like i think this song doesn't actually <coughs> fully take off until like it, it it doesn't do very well on the alternative airplay charts until like later i think because i think that this is one that like had a slow kind of rolling downhill used in a bunch of tv shows till the point that it becomes like this very ubiquitous song that like becomes the then late period entry point for people into death cast so like what was the big break for it because i know that there was some Uh movie so so it has to be scrubs in gray's anatomy because then the the next ones is that it was used in friends and benefits and like an instrumental version of it is using crazy stupid love like there isn't a there's one answer to this is why it's also an algorithm core song before algorithms were a thing um like i remember listening to this song a bunch when i was listening to pandora and i assumed that 
that experience isn't totally unique for me because I can imagine all sorts of stations grabbing the song, and just throwing it in there. Um, um, it's a very inoffensive song, I think. Uh, Maddie, can you play this clip I just pulled up? This is the best thing I found from the media uses, which is, of course, a uh, a parody of the song that appeared in the Alvin and the Chipmunks movie. oh my god in in no, the album and the chipmunks movie of all movies that's a great shout out to alvin and the chipmunks shout out to the writer's room for that one that's right yeah, yeah, yeah. i hope J- their stuff was good that J- day. jason lee like enthusiastically nodding while they're listening to the song is really funny <laughs> god uh Anyway, Ben Gilbert was a guy that one of these days y'all are gonna have to analyze a little bit. But, but, but I, I do think that that parody is helpful in contextualizing what the sort of long tail cultural legacy of the song is, which is that it becomes a shorthand for like the most over the top emo ass lyrics ever. Like that's what it just becomes in pop culture, which is like I think evidence of the fact that like songs like this usually do not become this ubiquitous. Like I'm saying, like usually you have to make everything in vague, like drops of Jupiter is also a song about like death and the afterlife and like love transcending death, but drops of Jupiter you can hear in a dentist's office and it's not going to bum you out. Like this is going to bum you out. Even if you're, even if you're like enabled to take it seriously, like either it'll bum you out because it actually moves you or it will just bum you out because it's just like, oh man, the vibes in here are now fucked because of this song. I mean, this song, I mean, this song, I'm surprised we haven't mentioned it yet. This song is very much a post the OC song. Like this, I mean, this, yeah. This, it, like this, it, this, this track is from I a post OC uh, world. I brought up 90210, and I do think you're right that like, and and that is a, a a crucial part is like the sort of commercialization of emo. Like I think a big part of that is a lot of these bands getting put in like the OC and 90210 and stuff like that. And that, but like you're totally right that this song does feel like even more so than some of those other really craven songs because it does feel like this came from some sincere place within ben gibbard but some part of his brain somewhere in the back of his brain he was like yeah i know this is a real thing but man this is gonna go so great on a tv show theme finale whatever like it it, it is going back to the um the story of danny boyle putting fix you in sunshine it's like this sort of uh over-the-top melodramatic thing like you can make you can make it like you can make yourself cry with something that is very corny if you're like taking it at a very serious level but then like once it gets introduced into the culture it becomes clear like oh maybe i was going a little too over the top on that thing once it becomes this sort of like hackneyed sort of thing and i think there's a very fine line between like wow this is so melodramatic in a way that's moving and then very quickly the life can be sucked out of something like that just by having it be played a lot but i also think i don't think i would like this song even if it was like a deep cut on like a a, an emo band that didn't get popular you know what i mean like this is just i think it's grading in a very particular way sonically do you think benny boy like noticed that like all the other guys that we've been talking about on this 
this playlist and like they were just all trying to copy what he was doing with postal service and uh some of the other death cabs like he looked around he noticed that everyone was trying to sing and sound exactly like him so he just decided to up the ante just do it himself i mean that that is the the subcontext of plans right is yeah but all of a sudden he was being taken a lot more seriously there's like the 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 roll off of like having these big early albums that now there are people that have like grown up with death cab that are like super fans of this band and i think he just sort of sensed something within the air and was like oh yeah lots of people are getting these big hits that are just sort of sounding like me like I can just sort of streamline my sound and I can have something that connects. And I think he probably thought when he was making this song, like I'm not compromising because this is still like a very, it's a very dark song, not to be too on the nose with it, but like, I do think it's, it's dark in a very contrived way to me. Yeah. Uh, well then I, I think that's it. I think that's all we got. Uh, <laughs> I think I think I think we've exhausted ourselves here. So I got and... I got one more. I got one more. I ranked all these songs. Um, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I forgot on... about this. So this is a ranking based on uh, the Christian youth group uh, from the church and the uh, fellow the Fellowship of Christian Athletes uh, sponsored this dance tonight. Okay, so... thank you. <laughs> all right, amen. <laughs> So, uh, and we kept talking about this like the entire uh, cast. So I was I was itching to get to this. So this is a ranking of like all of the songs based on if they'd be allowed at the Christian dance or not uh, by the very evangelical parents. I have like five of the songs here that would not be okay. allowed. So these five songs are banned. Uh, I will follow you into the dark is one of them because it's too dark it talks about death you don't want that around a bunch of middle true, schoolers true, true. Yeah. um use somebody because it's like vaguely vulgar uh you could probably look into some innuendo there if you yeah. really wanted to emptiness of balls sorry um, <laughs> jesus christ max shut the fuck up shut the fuck up max shut up six to seven continue dylan all right uh here in your arms is banned because it makes the Mormon moms uh, think too much about Hot Topic in of the course. satanic store. Okay. Uh, Check Yes Juliet is banned. One, because it's a little too upbeat and it also promotes uh, underage adultery, mm-hmm. or at least based on the Romeo and Juliet one, which is what I, I like know the mindset of a lot of these people really well uh because i i just grew up with a bunch of friends who like had these parents and uh some of them were like very polite and they were like i disagree with it but uh i want my kid to have like a normal social life and then there were ones that like the parents were just helicopters and they were like i disagree with this so my kid can't have like any access to them uh Oh God, I'm I'm sorry, Joe, but I just looked at the Wikipedia page for "I Will Follow You Into the Dark" because it's up on Maddie's screen, and you can see at the very bottom that Amanda Palmer did a cover, and <laughs> that sounds like hell on earth to me. Uh, okay, so decency line is uh, "Death Cab," "You Somebody," "Here in Your Arms," "Check Yours," "Juliet," and then. How to Love is also banned because you cannot convince Christian parents to allow Lil Wayne. Uh, yeah. They will not listen to that song. They will just like outright just 
blanket no. Even though, with the pro-life left. Yeah, message. I was about to say, even though it's yeah. pro-life, which is the irony. Yeah, um, they will love Owl City. Again, as we talked about, the dude is, like, mega mm-hmm. Christian. Um, uh, and then the other one, there's there's a weird thing with Paramore and, like, kids who were, like, they were, like, church youth group kids who have now transitioned into, like, vanilla gay adults over the last 20 years like i think grant knows exactly what i'm talking yes about. i do know exactly what you're talking about i just gotta sorry sorry i gotta i gotta pause i gotta pause you pause you oh going my on this one God. <laughs> um i'm reading about all, all the covers of this uh, of of i will fall you in the dark and one of them is amy lee of the band evanescence covered the song on a hello kitty keyboard for online magazine loudwire Oh, and man. I feel like I gotta. That's some we gotta, primo MySpace stuff right there. Yeah, I gotta. I gotta hear this one. I gotta. I gotta. We gotta hear this one real, real quick. This might be an overdose on tweet. We gotta be. Oh, she's lighting a candle before she starts. Jesus Christ. <laughs> Sounds like dog shit. Okay, boring. All right, continue, yeah. Dylan. Yeah, overdose on Twee is what I thought. Yeah. Um. Let's see. I covered Paramore already. Uh, Train. We already kind of talked about. It's like for some reason they're they're just huge with like the evangelical crowd because they're just blank. They're they're bland enough. They're, they're uniform soy. enough. Mm-hmm. They're soy. They're very soy. Yes. Um. I think Cold. I've noticed that Coldplay is like weirdly also popular with like evangelicals and Mormons. It kind of depends on the uh, like song or the album, I guess. But I oh, had a yeah. list. Fix You could be like a baptism song right there. Yeah. I had a, a middle school English teacher in like sixth grade who played uh, Viva La Vida for us and tried to tell us that the song was all about uh jesus actually and we had we had to no i'm i'm completely serious well no it's not about jesus that's why i'm saying cap oh yeah yeah yeah. max is saying cap to jesus he's like gotcha cap to jesus that's some bullshit you didn't walk (laughs) he didn't didn't walk on no water he ain't gonna do that michael jackson move to quote are you standing up here Oh, um, anyway, there are probably that, YouTube that's it. guys out there that are saying, "Yeah, the words of Christ were not cap. <laughs> His right. body and blood did not die in vain." All right, let's move. All right, let's that, wrap it up. That, that's that seems much like it. a yeah, death knell for done. the podcast. Yeah, you want to bring right. us out of here, Maddie? Yeah, let's let's let, let, let's roll out of here. Um, Thank you uh, again. What what a wonderful end of the trilogy here. And uh, with the end of this trilogy, we continue on with another, or at least the the second installment of a of another planned trilogy, Rap Four Veterans Volume Two. That oh, is our okay. episode next week. Uh, I think we announce our guest. Uh, our guest uh, Nadine Smith, writer for Pitchfork, a bunch of other places, will be joining us for that episode. I'm very fucking excited because, of course, I had so much fun doing the first rap form veterans episode and there is yeah. so many more guys to get into so so many more songs from we, from we, my my we teenage years didn't even wait until after we finished recording that episode like we hit stop on recording and then i spent like 
two hours deciding what songs we'd be doing on the next episode because it it was like I had been like someone had said my secret service activation code and all of a sudden I was just like Kanye to the like I I immediately just like like snapped back into my training basically and so I'm very excited to discuss some guys next week with with uh, Nadine it's gonna be a great episode yes so hopefully you join us next week and in the meantime, hopefully you enjoyed this episode, and we will see you all next week. Bye-bye. Bye, you best, but you don't. You'll never